welcome to the Self-Help Podcast, a weekly no-nonsense guide dedicated to your emotional health and well-being. Presented by entrepreneur Edward Lamb and psychotherapist Sean Orford. For more information, visit liveinthepresent.co.uk. Right, there we go. Hello, welcome to episode 435 of the Self-Help Podcast with me, Edward Lamb. I'm your good pal, Sean Orford. How are you doing, Sean? We'll be doing very well. How are you? Good. Apologies for a little bit background noise. I've just well, we're talking about pets today, aren't we? And uh, sparked by the new addition to our family, a little little mini Cooper, mini Cooper. Get it? Uh, <laughs> the dog. Uh, so yeah, he's, he might come over and say hello if you're watching on YouTube in a bit. But he's mm. he's that settled into the life of that, that we lead and me working from home that he's not that excited by me being around anymore. So he's uh, he's off doing his own thing. Now I'm I'm being put under pressure to have a dog, um, and one of my things is one of my problems is I work, and um, uh, I mean so also people coming if people do come to the my consulting room here kind of thing. Um, so d- does does he leave you to get on with your work? He does actually. Yeah, he's he's really good uh, so far. He's he's slotted in quite nicely. I mean. Uh, yeah, I'm reluctant to leave him on his own too much because uh, uh, well, he's, he's still yeah, he's still working his way into planet Earth really. So we don't I don't like to go to the office that much. So, but, I, I, but he's that small that I can take. I'll be able to take him to the office at some point as well. So, uh, but he's not really allowed out yet because he hasn't had his vaccinations. Um, All right. so, but yeah, so far, man, he's cool. He knows when to have a little bit of fun and he knows when to chill out and have a lie down. So. But we'll come on to all that and the kind of the ups and downs of having a pet and a dog in particular and the kind of therapeutic um, upsides that, that they have because, uh, yeah, it's quite a, it's quite an interesting world, as we will discover, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, a little shout-out for the website. Uh, for those that are new, liveinthepresent.co.uk. Um, go on and uh, check out all the show notes. Sean's written a blog post to accompany this, this, blog, this podcast too. Um, yeah, have a look at that. Um, yeah, before we start the episode, Sean, how's, how's life on planet earth? We were joking before, before we came on air that you, uh, you're not really kind of winding down. You, you kind of preparing for the the mayhem. That's just when we were about to talk to each other on the phone, I end up with a, another company online asking me to do stuff for them. Um, which is, you know, uh, and I I think it's very much the flavor of, of the moment because of what's going on. There's a lot of pressure, a lot of depression, a lot of anxiety going on out there. Yep. And people are much more aware of mental health now, so they're trying to do something about it, which I guess is good. But um, yeah, I guess it is, you know, and we're all about, I guess, I mean, this is this, this is a bit off topic now, but we are the self-help podcast, aren't we? So we're yeah. trying to, I mean, assuming we, we didn't put too much thought into the name early on, but I guess we're trying to create a, a situation for people where they can help themselves and not rely on, therapists long term some people obviously will always need kind of a bit of backup here and there um but 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 the magic is that when you get it right especially when you're using mindfulness tools and things like that you can become your own therapist in reality now yes you might need some help from now and then on things but it's like basically you can moderate yourself once you understand how it works Mm -hmm. yeah 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 interesting times because i mean we, we kind of did an emergency 
crisis episode last week because in the UK things were going a bit nuts with the fuel fuel supplies and stuff like that, or it was kind of a bit of a manufactured fake fuel crisis because there was apparently there was enough fuel there was just too much demand. Uh, so but, but the, the whole the whole thing, um, and I'm not going to get into Brexit again, but just just the whole thing seems to be unraveling with the the French announcing today they're talking about interrupting our electricity supplies. Right. Because we're not, we're not being nice to them, so they're not going to be nice to us. Very childish. It's all very childish, isn't it? Very, yes. Yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, last night we had a Facebook crisis because Facebook and Instagram and WhatsApp went down for quite, actually, for not, every now and again it happens for 20 minutes, half an hour, but this was like, I think it was about six to eight hours six, or something. Six, so. hours. six hours, oh, my God, yeah. 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 So it was interesting. But I mean, if you if you're reliant on those services for your business, or if you were reliant on it to support people, it could have been quite a damaging six hours. People. Well, it could actually. So for all the joking aside about, oh, isn't it nice for a bit of peace and quiet? Um, there are some businesses that I know that I help kind of help out that they sell directly through Instagram, and and you know they speak. To their audience is all on Facebook. So. Um, mm-hmm. Joking aside, um, it was another little. We had the fuel crisis the week before, which kind of exposed how reliant we are on that stuff. And last night mm-hmm. we've had this little blip in communications, um, which <laughs> I'm not. I'm not like conspiracy theorist at all, but I guess we do need to just have a little think about how reliant we are on this stuff and what what we do when when there's a bit when things go wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Strange, eh? Crazy world. It feels like we have some big lessons to learn. Yeah, it does. But uh, we'll get there by hook or by crook. But let's talk about pets and the joy of pets because I introduced him last week actually via via YouTube, so you could see him. We'll, we'll, I'll try and remember to stick a photo in the uh, in the email and yeah. the in the blog post, uh, so people yeah. so people can say hello to Cooper, Cooper the dog. Oh, he's just over there. He's just chewing on a bit of wood, uh, but he doesn't want to come and say hello. But uh, I had a dog when I was a kid. Um, we felt like our, we haven't, we weren't really actively looking for a to get a dog. We kind of had it at the back of our minds, but a little opportunity came our way. Um, someone, a friend of a friend, knew that there was one available, so we went, yeah, go for it. And he's he's cool, man. He's just a great little bundle of joy. The kids love him. You know, we've got the, we've got time to slot him into our lives and look after him. And you know, he's small enough to kind of go anywhere with us, even on a bicycle. We've, he's been on his first bike trip at the weekend um so yeah already i'm starting to see the good and the bad of of dog and pet, pet ownership um so what, yeah. what's, the, what's, the, what's the bad well the bad is that i was up at five o'clock this morning because he was he was yapping away downstairs so either he didn't get enough exercise yesterday or he was hungry or he needed to go to the loo i can't exactly not exactly sure um but you know, you have to put the time and the effort in, don't you? And it's not, uh, it's not, it's not all plain sailing. Uh, what's your, what's your history with pets, Sean? And your, uh, um, didn't have any when I was at home, um, but once I left home, I've always had cats and dogs, and, and obviously I had the farm, and I had three dogs there, and two cats, and and a wild rabbit that lived in a big Belgian black thing, um, mm. and um, I've always had them around. Um, and this is the first time in my life I haven't actually had an animal um, to look after, really. Um, and we were 
at uh, Robert's house the other day, and when we were coming out, the lady who lives opposite had um, got these two things that were like cuddly bears that were crossed between a Shih Tzu and a Poodle, which made me wonder what the name was, uh, how you'd put those two together. Um, <laughs> but there you go. Um, but the, um, uh, the the thing then Reed's saying, oh, we could have one of those, we could have one of those. But what that means is she'd go out of the hospital and I'd be here looking after said dog. And um, unless I was going out to any of the factories or something. Um, and uh, and it is, a, a, I mean, a dog is a dog is for life, basically. Um, and um, it's whether you can actually realistically, for me, see clients and do stuff and have a, a little dog as well. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think I think the number of kind of dogs in particular that have kind of been purchased or bred in during the pandemic, especially, has kind of shot up. So there's a lot more people now mm. had a bit of cash lying around, or maybe they weren't, they didn't think they would be traveling as much, so they had more time. So it'll be interesting to see as things get back to normal, um, inverted commas, um, how I don't know, yeah, how people kind of if there is an increase in kind of dogs that are being passed on to other people or I don't know, left in a plastic bag somewhere for someone else to find and the RSPCA to take care of, because it's a big commitment, you know, I mean, if Cooper is kept fit and healthy um, and we look after him, which we will, he he could and perhaps should live for 15 years, a little bit longer, maybe, you know, if we, if we um, so that's, that's a long, long chunk of time in it. Yeah. 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 And, and I think there's two things. One is people don't realise what a commitment it is. But once you've actually had another person living in your house with four legs for 15, 18 years, and then they suddenly pop off, then it does leave a huge hole. Um, yeah. And I, I, I've loads of times uh, in working with people, older ladies that have a lap dog, um, that uh, doesn't require a lot of exercise, but is their kind of cuddly mate and friend and that kind of stuff. But when they die, it can be really devastating for yeah. old old people. Yeah, well, let's get onto the good stuff really about dogs and pets in general because there, there's a couple of things I'll link to in the show notes about the kind of origin of the domesticated dog in particular. And I think you can go back as much as 30,000 years to find history of humans domesticating Dogs, not, um, you know, as for, for kind of work purposes, but also for companionship because um, they were just kind of the perfect size and kind of well, for certain breeds were. Um, they but, just but like... if, you think, if you think about it, human beings, dogs, pigs and rats have all grown up together throughout evolution. And the key about us all is we'll all eat anything. Mm. Yeah. And um, I'd, when I had the farm, I had a dog, um, Brandy, who was a beautiful person, but he used to like Brussels sprouts. <laughs> and he would, he would eat Brussels sprouts. He actually got into a whole sack of Brussels sprouts once and wrecked it. And, and that was, um, but the wind that came out the other end on Brussels sprouts was unbelievable. I can imagine. Okay, yeah. But, but this is interesting, right? It's in Wales. I go to the RSPCA and I end up coming out with Brandy. Um, and he's an abandoned dog. He spoke Welsh. <laughs> so I, I had to learn some Welsh to, to actually talk to him because if I spoke to him in English, he looked at me like I was bonkers. 
<laughs> so bed in Welsh is gwelly. So if I say gwelly, go to bed. If I say bed, it's looking like a man. Yeah. Or uh, athlan key, our dog, go, you know, that kind of stuff. And, and he could speak Welsh fine, but not English. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I've, I've read a little bit of that. I mean, I, I guess dog, dogs are interesting because, I mean, we, we don't want to kind of put off other... I've got a couple of guinea pigs as well that we've had for a few years now, and they're great little creatures, actually. Um, so they were kind of a a little test bed for our kids to see how much they kind of, how they got on with them and that kind of thing. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of cat owners out there. I've never owned a cat. But there's something, there is something about that kind of connection between a dog and human being that is uh, hard to beat, really, isn't it? There's a kind of real deep sense of companionship there, if, if done right. Yeah. Yeah. And it goes and, and well to me to me you get to the point where I, I don't see um things like dogs and cats as being animals. I see them as people. Mm. You know what I mean? And because I mean like, when you when you get to know a dog and the dog gets to know you and the levels of communication that go on that are non-verbal, um yeah. it's a person. It's not like that's an animal and I'm a human being. It's like we're all in this together. Yeah. Very is different. It? There's a posh word for that, right? You you say it because I'll I'll pronounce it wrong. Which one? Not the anthropomorphism. Yeah, anthro anthropomorphism. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and you you see it in uh, in movies, don't you? And in cartoons and stuff like Peter. Like we we watched the Peter Rabbit movies uh, quite recently. Um, things like Paddington Bear as well, where we kind of yeah humanize animals um and so it makes you it gets you thinking about what's different about a dog that makes me not want to eat eat it and in some countries they do eat dogs right so uh and which obviously to us is a bit strange but then when you think about it in a deeper way it's not it's it shouldn't be that strange really if you're used to eating chickens and turkeys and pigs then eating a horse that, that's like, like the whole ding dong that went on when there was horse mints in the in the cow mints everybody went bonkers you know yeah. If you're going to eat dead body, it's dead body, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so do, do you have any clients or people you've worked with that kind of have either struggled with the loss of a pet or you've kind of recommended oh. a pet as a companion to? Um, always round, yes, both. Um, and the other thing that I've had uh, with dogs is I've had hearing dogs with people because we, we think of dogs for the blind. Um, but dogs for the deaf were really good. There was a, a lovely lady I worked with um, who could lip read really well, but uh, was as deaf as a post. And um, uh, her dog, it's like if someone rang the doorbell, he'd come and get her and say, you know, come on, you know, all that kind of stuff. So he looked after that. And, I, and I've got someone I work with who's got a seizure dog who um, she, she has an epilepsy that when it comes on her, it's like on her and she's gone. Um, but the dog, and this is the weird thing, the dog knows when she's going to have a fit before she does. So the dog will tell her that she needs to get to a place of safety and will get her settled down. And then we'll actually sit over and protect her and look after her until she comes back around again. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. yeah, it is amazing. I mean, it's not to be overlooked, is it? I'm going to link to a blog post about six ways that pet ownership can benefit your mental health. So it's... Um, quite obvious stuff to be honest but yeah there are kind of proven kind of stress and anxiety reduction um benefits to to having a pet at home you know dogs are one thing yeah but i mean it could be uh, you know i've i've really enjoyed having our two 
guinea pigs um for the last two and a half three years they're uh just great little creatures you know and <laughs> you know you feed them once a day and give them water and clean them out once every week or two and uh you can i mean who knows maybe they maybe they hate being alive but my general <laughs> the feedback from them that i get from their little squeaks and the way they run around they, they quite appreciate it and that they quite like being part of our little crew yeah 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 it, it's, it's funny the whole thing with animals I, I worked with a guy he was a war vet he was living in a, in a quarry um uh in wales and like an abandoned quarry in a caravan and he had in this caravan he lived with two malamutes have you seen a malamute no they're the big they're the biggest dog that you can get they're the nearest to a wolf i mean they're absolutely enormous I'd go into the caravan and this one particular one, who was the friendly one, would come and put his paws on my shoulders and I was looking up at his head. <laughs> he, he was huge. You know. Wow. And th- this guy, who was like ex-paratrooper, um, would have to roll them on their backs every week to make them submit so that he was still the boss. Wow. Yeah. If they... And he literally, he literally forced them to roll them on their backs to make them. So, because yeah, if the switch flicks in something, a creature that size, it's uh, yeah, they're in charge. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, you wouldn't stand a chance at all. I mean, this thing was as near as to a wolf as you get, but I swear it was bigger than a wolf. Yeah, it was huge. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. amazing. Yeah, we were in, we were at a shopping center last weekend, and uh, I can't, they're not, they weren't Saint, Saint Bernard's, but they're quite quite similar to Saint Bernard's, and there was two of them. And, and in fact, my uncle used to have two, two of those big massive things and that's uh, are they Pyrenean mountain dogs yeah something like that massive things but I mean amazingly soft and docile and like really friendly but Mm. they must they must need so much food and attention and you'd literally I mean yeah forget about getting them around on on the front of a bike (laughs) you you do need a you would need a Range Rover to kind of shift these things around no 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 you just need a cart and then you harness them to the front and they get you around yeah that's right oh that's yeah. right man yeah they can they can pull they could probably pull a range over actually if you uh strap them on but incredible creatures like but uh yeah all shapes there, and sizes there, there was a lady on the isle of white had three of those right and they would each eat six pounds of meat a day wow that's Good a day. lot of meat imagine what comes out the other end and what you've got to do with it Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's why we quite like Cooper. Really, he's quite a low maintenance, low maintenance, and he's still kind of getting the hang of knowing where to do his business. Um, he's mm. getting quite good at making sure he's outside now. But when he does do it inside, it's uh, it's not much of a job to clear it up, really. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> but yeah, fair play, man, to the people that have those massive things. Uh, but yeah, so do you ever actually kind of? nudge people in the direction of a pet if they're living on their own to get as a cure for like loneliness and to give a bit of purpose. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, we look at all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And sometimes if you if you go to the um like the RSPCO rescue centers, you know, um you'll find that there's a mass of dogs there. And if you let someone go in there, they, they tend to connect with a dog. There's a yeah. connection. And like if it's going to work, the two of them connect together. Mm. Um and that, it's quite funny when you see that that happen, that recognition. You know. Yeah, um, I bet it's beautiful. I mean, it's funny how people have different. You, they have different types of dogs that you can that, that, that they like. Um, you know, when you say that you've got a certain kind of dog, you can kind of think people, oh, I mean, that's not my kind of dog. 
that we all yeah. have our own little like we Cooper's awesome because he's small and he's low maintenance and he's kind of he's got that playful side to him, but he likes to he'll fall asleep on you as well on your shoulder or any part of you mm. that he feels comfortable in. So <laughs> for some people that's not the kind of pet they're after, is it? So yeah, different. No. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and I also within the the article that I read, um, for for certain, for not for just children, but people of all ages with autism or ADHD, that kind of thing, I think a pet can be quite a, a useful addition. You see, I, I think we we underrate intuition in in Western thought, but intuitive contact between people is much higher than we realise. The intuitive contact between you and an animal is also there. You don't need language to talk to a dog. Mm. Um, interesting, the, these Malamus, this guy I worked with, they didn't respond to voice commands at all. But if he um, inverted his head or did something with his hand, they'd sit down. Right. I mean, so everything was that kind of body language talk. But uh, an animal will come up to you if you're feeling down and will, um, you know, connect with you, come and check you're okay. Did you see that picture? I did uh, put it up on Facebook, and then I, I saw it come up on something else as well, uh, of an orangutan. The, one of the researchers was stuck in a bog, and the orangutan is leaning down to help him out. Of the bog oh, wow, no. <laughs> yeah, and the, the orangutan was actually helping the researcher, which I thought was absolutely wonderful. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. And, and that the orangutan and, and and the guy had obviously bonded, um, and it, I think that's very real. And and the idea that um, that you, I mean, some animals eat other animals, don't they? So that that it must be hard for an antelope to bond with a leopard, maybe, mm -hmm. you know, because there it would, there wouldn't be that kind of connection there. But you do see things where things like that do happen, where there's a bird and a cat together yeah. they're looking after each other and they're fun. you know that kind of stuff yeah so I know Cooper yeah that's Cooper rattling his, his bowl over there I don't know if he's trying to tell me something but uh <laughs> demanding food yeah I mean we've kind of we've kind of just kind of started to introduce Cooper to the guinea pigs as well just to see how they get on and, um, and how do they get well at the moment they're a similar size so uh, I think Cooper's a little he's kind of acting all tough when they're behind the cage when they're when they're in the cage or they're um, the hutch um, but when you actually put him right next to them he's not quite as uh, yeah not quite as tough all of a sudden so and they, they yeah I don't want to freak them out and I don't want to kind of make, scare them so but we'll bring them in in the winter when that gets here properly so that they'll be in the hutch will be inside so hopefully they'll make it because I remember when I was a kid um, we had a dog a Jack Russell and we had hamsters and sweep our dog used to get on really well and was really protective over over our little pet hamster i always thought that was quite cute yeah. you know yeah well I, somewhere i've got a picture of three dogs two cats and a big black belgian hare all lying in a pile asleep in front of the fire and they're all just lying on top of each other asleep yeah. and that was they used to all get on fine. <laughs> but it's interesting for me because we break animals down into categories so we have the animals of nature that we look at on David Attenborough programs, you know, the, you know, and we go on safari to watch or that kind of stuff. So, and we give them a special kind of status. Mm. And then we have the ones that are the ones that we think shouldn't be here, like the vermin. And what is it that makes an animal vermin? I mean, a rat 
is actually if you actually have ever handled a rat or get to know rats, they find people that are okay. Um, they're trying to do what everybody else does. They're trying to raise their kids and have a full belly. You know? um, uh, the fact that they like to come and empty our bins, people go, "Oh my god, they're disgusting!" But they're just rats doing their stuff. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have this kind of nature. We have the uh, the vermin that all need to be um, got rid of. And then we have food, which, depending on which country you're in, I mean, I guess some people eat rats and think they're yummy. Um, you know, that kind of, like I said, people eat dogs, cats. You know. mm-hmm. um, so there's the whole kind of food issue with animals. And then there's the animal that becomes a pet. Now, we, we have a, a mutual friend, Jody, who is a vegan, so he doesn't eat animals. And yep. she has a friend as an animal which is a um uh, which is a cow and uh, if you ever see any of the clips with her yeah. she arrives in the field with the cow the cow comes running up and dancing because the cow's got that relationship with her since it was a calf where like they're mates you know so like in a way it falls into that kind of pet category where they have this this relationship with each mm-hmm. other um Whereas for other people, that would be, oh, let's get that down the butchers, come on. Um, yeah. Or uh, I guess it, it could even be vermin, if you don't like. Cows. Yeah. I can't remember if we did a proper episode. I feel like we've spoken about this whole kind of eating meat stuff quite a bit recently. Um, mm. I'm, I'm still a meat eater, but I've cut down quite a bit. Um, but it's a, it's a complicated thing, you know. Humans have eat can can survive without eating meat quite easily now you know and I'll, I'll link to jody's green vegan instagram page um in the show notes veganism you know is obviously kind of on the rise big time uh, at the moment but you know that said humans have eaten meat of one form or another for centuries oh no sorry millennia so uh it goes way way back to that's that's what I mean about the, the reason human beings have survived and pigs and dogs and, you know, is because we'll eat anything. Yeah. You know, hu- human beings will eat anything, including each other to stay alive. Mm. You know? um, but, um, yeah, fascinating stuff. So, uh, yeah, I, th- I think I did get an answer from you there, but I mean, uh, it's important to remember that it, well the whole the old saying about a, a dog's not just for christmas and all that life so i think but and uh, i did read up a bit in terms of the environmental cost of pets as well which can be quite high it's worth reading in into that kind of stuff about where mainly around where the food comes from to feed to feed our pets so I, i'm going to try and make sure that Cooper's a you know a, a green dog or a sustainable dog and all that kind of stuff but the mental health benefits Go on, sorry. I was going to say, I, I, with, with the food for the, the animals, I'm never sure about whether it is right to make a, a carnivore, which is what a dog is, um, you know, essentially a carnivore, to make it be uh, a vegetarian or a vegan. You know, I, I'm not quite sure how their systems work on that. Um, no. I'd have to talk to my, my vet friend and find out. Let me know. Yeah, I'm keen. To, we, we got this. We got Cooper on a bit of a whim, really, and he's tiny, so I'm, I'm assuming his footprint is lower than a massive dog that mm. you know needs lots and lots of food. Um, but I'm, I'm keen to learn more on that front. But I mean, you're sticking to the kind of mental health benefits and the cure for loneliness. I think it's beyond question. Yeah. But, um, yeah. 
But I, I think if it, all the research for any of us is if we go into nature, um, nature is good for us. The pheromones and the visions and everything is there working for us. What we do when we have a pet is we bring nature into the house. Yeah. It's a bit like house plants, you know, which we're trying to turn our inside into the outside in a very kind of manicured way. So we want animals in and we want plants in. We want them in on our terms. We don't just let them get on with it. Yeah. Um, but I think that is us connecting with nature. Um, yeah, good point. Mm. Yeah. I mean, you, you had that dog when you were at home. Um, and um, But you had, once you'd left home and you got married, you didn't have any animals then apart from the, the two guinea pigs later up until yeah. now yeah i mean i guess we just wait you know we're kind of going through a stage in life now when yeah the, the kids will be able to i mean that's something we haven't mentioned actually the physical benefits you know if, if you've got a dog especially you're more likely to be out and about you know taking him or her for a walk once or twice yeah, yeah. a day uh, and getting some fresh air as well which not only do you get that physical benefit but you kind of you're in you're in the community aren't you you're meeting people you're saying hello to other people on your walk that kind of thing so well there is something um i mean i and i have said that to people when they you know that they're in a place maybe they're a bit older and it's a bit strange they don't know anybody and it's like get a dog and go mm. and walk the streets people talk to you uh, we were looking after ollie dog the other day and ollie dog is a 15 year old bichon and you have to take the the dog push chair with you because Ollie will walk and then he'll stop and just sit down and not do it anymore. So you have to put him in the push chair. And then when he's had enough of the push chair, he'll bark. So you put him out and so he'll walk a bit. So he goes mm-hmm. in the push chair. Yeah. But walking down through the main little towny village here of Morton, um, and I've got him in the push chair. And the amount of women who stop and end up chatting with you and like looking at the dog and playing with the dog in the push chair. And I'm thinking that this this dog's a babe magnet. You know, if you want if you <laughs> want to meet women, you just get yourself a dog in a push chair. You're fine. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, yeah, yeah. Good job. That's I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously we're uh, we're spoken for, aren't we? But yeah, I mean, uh, I know Cooper's gonna be a massive hit on the school run when we start walking yeah. when he's allowed to go out for walks. So um Yeah. Yeah, yeah, just great for getting to know people, isn't it? And just starting up conversations. Yeah, yeah, and, and I mean, very often dogs will come up to you anyway, and people are usually going, "Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry about their dog." As a, and I'm going, no, "It's fine," because I, I like dogs, and I yeah. usually get on well with dogs. <laughs> yeah, not everyone does, you know. You kind of, you know, I know, uh, and some dogs are a bit can be get a bit excitable, but um, hmm. again, that's just kind yeah. of forces it forces those little interactions between you and other people, doesn't it? To kind of find boundaries and get to know people and how people work and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, we, we were down on the um, seafront last night having a meal in the van and um, uh, just watching people walking their dogs and there were uh, people playing with dogs and then uh, you could see people meeting up and chatting and their dogs were kind of doing the same thing. The dogs mm. were chatting. <laughs> you know, it was interesting to watch the interactions going on yeah nice cool um all right cool what's your uh, resource of the week sean uh, mine is a book called the secret language of dogs um which is which is nice because you're starting to look at what is it the dogs are actually saying to each other but what they're saying to you and what could you be saying to your dog using 
kind of gestures in the same way that the guy was talking about with the big Malamus could control them. He just liked the nod of the head, yeah, that kind of thing. And they knew what he was saying. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Fascinating. Yeah. Good. I'll, I'll link to a few movies, pet-based movies I've, uh, I, off the top of my head. So there's Marley and Me, uh, which is a good tearjerker, a good little family movie. Secret Life of Pets <laughs> is a good animated one. And, and I watched Turner and Hooch quite recently, an old Tom Hanks movie, which is uh, yeah, yeah. where the, the yeah. dog's like a detective. So that's cool. Um, <laughs> all right. Yeah. Uh, cool. That's all right, cool. Um I'll see you yeah. again next week, eh? Yeah, you take care. Take care, everyone. See ya. See you later. Bye. Bye. See ya.